You're listening to the Mountainside Kairos Podcast. Good day, everyone, and welcome to the Mountainside Kairos Podcast. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Um, You know what day it is? It's Thursday, which means I shouldn't have to say it. But I'm going to say it anyways because it's a lot of fun. Thank goodness it's Thursday. And thank goodness we are going to be looking at another passage from our Bible reading plan. Today we are looking at Luke chapter 10. I'm going to focus in specifically on verses 1 to 3. And so let me read them for you. It says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. I absolutely love this passage. Um, and there's been, I've had several Kairos moments out of this passage previously. And I'm excited to share with you once again what God has been sharing with me from this passage this week. And so first thing that stands out to me and that I'd like you to see is when Jesus sends out his disciples, he sends them to the places where he is going to be going, to everywhere that he himself was about to go. And so what I like about that is that Jesus does not ask us to go anywhere that he isn't also going especially seeing this in light of Matthew 28, 20, which is the end of the Great Commission, where he says, Behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And this is a reminder that, listen, it is Jesus who ultimately does the work. It is Jesus who changes hearts. It is Jesus who is able to bring salvation to people. We can plant, we can water, we can proclaim the good news, but we need Jesus to come behind us to finish the job. And he will do that. Um, And... Yeah, especially for us today, he is not only coming behind us, but because he's with us always, he's going with us and he's even going before us to prepare hearts. He's going with us and he's coming behind us to finish the work. And so that doesn't mean that we don't have to work, but we know that the burden and and the real heavy lifting comes from Jesus and we get to partner with him in that. The next part that I love So when he says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Jesus is saying that the harvest is plentiful. There's there's so many people out there who are hurting, who are broken, who need to hear the good news of the kingdom of God and have the hope of the gospel transform their lives. There's so many people, but there's not enough people to tell them. I think this is especially true now um, in, in our world who has been shaken up by the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, you know, you might ask them and say, oh, how are things are doing? Oh, good. A little bored, but I'm doing good. I'm doing good. But what Jesus is saying here is that the harvest is plenty. So don't buy into the fact that everybody's good. I think behind the scenes, there are a lot of people who are really shaken up, who are racked with fear or anxiety or, or worry, um, who their whole life has been shaken up, their sense of security, their health, their financial security, all of these things have, they've lost control of them and they're really shaken up. And I think that they need hope. And so this is a time more than ever where I believe that the harvest is plentiful. But as Jesus says, there is a problem. The workers are few. The, the, the field of harvest is far greater than the workers, the supply of workers. Just picture standing out in front of a huge canola field in Alberta 
and you have to harvest the whole thing. It would take you forever. It'd be impossible. But if there was more workers, then the, the job would be more manageable. But what I find interesting is what Jesus' solution to get more workers is. It's this. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. It's God's harvest. So he is the one who can do the work. He's the one who can raise up workers to go into it. And in that one sentence, Jesus explains his chief strategy for mobilizing workers. It's prayer. The chief strategy is for us to pray. And I know sometimes it feels like, oh man, all I can do is pray. It seems like I'm not doing enough. Uh, Is prayer really doing anything? But to be able to go before the God of the harvest, to be able to go before the God of heaven and earth, who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or imagine, to go before the all-powerful one for whom nothing is impossible and to intercede on behalf of the world and our country and our communities. Listen, that is not just all that we can do. No, that is truly the best and most effective thing we can do because we need a God-sized solution to a God-sized problem. The harvest is plenty, but the workers, they're few. And it is God who can stir in the hearts of the workers and empower them to be able to go out into the harvest. But we also see in that in that sentence what Jesus is primary method for reaching the world is. So a strategy for raising up people to reach the world is prayer, but the way that he reaches the world is by sending out ordinary people who are bold enough to love and to care for the sick, to look after people's emotional and physical and spiritual needs, the people who are helpless and and, and have no hope, and it's to go to them, to love them, and to point them to Jesus who is the one who can heal them, who can care for them, and who can save them ultimately from their sin. And so in order to reach the masses of lost people, Jesus needs a mass of workers, workers like you and me. And what I find interesting is that after Jesus tells his disciples to pray earnestly that God would send out laborers into his harvest, that's when Jesus sends out his disciples and the 72. And so it's a dangerous prayer that they pray because you might actually be part of the answer to the prayer. You might be the one, okay, God, please raise up laborers to go into the harvest. Jesus says, okay, go, I'm raising you up. But this isn't a burdensome thing. Even though he is sending you out like lambs in the midst of wolves, he is with you. And as we see later in the in the chapter, the 72, they return with joy. They're like, did you see the things that we got to do? We cast out demons. We healed people. And then Jesus, he ended up rejoicing in the Holy Spirit saying that, man, I've been waiting for this to happen. God's will is being done. And so it is a joyful thing to partner with Jesus in his mission. And so... So all that being said, I think the best way to close today is to not just hear Jesus's words, but to do them and to pray earnestly together. So would you like to bow your heads or wherever you're doing, if you're driving, don't close your eyes, um, but wherever you are to stop and pray with me earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. Let's pray together. God of the harvest, we pray to you. We pray that you would raise up laborers for the harvest. We know that the harvest is plenty right now, 
Our world is harassed and helpless. We are in the midst of a major crisis where people's security, health, and sense of control have all been shaken up. People are hurting and broken and they need hope. And they need someone to tell them about the hope that can be found in you. So please, Jesus, raise up an army of ordinary people who are willing to be bold and courageous and obedient to your command to go into all the world to proclaim your gospel and to make disciples because they know that you are going before them and you're going with them and you're going behind them. Jesus, we cannot make this happen, but you can. And I pray that in doing so, our joy would be overflowing as we partner with you in your mission and witness your kingdom coming in the lives of our friends and our family and our neighbors and our strange and even strangers. And God, I pray that you would be able to rejoice at the obedience of your people and at the redemption of those who were once lost but are now found. For those who once who didn't have hope but now have heard hope because somebody told them about you and because you met them in their hurting and their brokenness and their sinfulness and you forgave them. Lord Jesus, we pray these things to you who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or imagine or think. Pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. <laughs>